Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, January 17th, 2018. Let me ask you something. Do you want to you want to help your kid gain insight into his life, his or her life? Well, if so, we've got a great guest for you tonight, Brent Feinberg, the writer and creator of the Freeing Freddy series, The Dreamweaver from South Africa is joining us and we're going to talk about his book and also the uh, activity book that goes with it. I have a son who is a four-year-old, and he enjoys it very much. And the activity book has stickers and all that kind of stuff, so we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to bring Brent on very shortly and uh, looking forward to it. So uh, welcome to the show. It is, uh, we're right smack dab in the middle of winter in New York City, and uh, it is a typical New York City winter. We've got uh, cold weather, and we've got a little bit of snow here and there, and then we got a little bit of drizzle, and we got a little bit of rain, and we got a little bit of cold, and it's January. And, uh, you know, we got off to a rough start because it was so absolutely freezing at the beginning of the year that, uh, that uh, it looked like it was going to be a long, long, long winter. And you know what? So far it is. So let's get right to it. Um, this is Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And uh, we, you know, in the past, we've talked to uh, different guests and different genres. It started, it all started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love, which is a story about love, but it's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. It's been called The Male Sex and the City. Uh, very proud of the book. It's got great reviews and it's a lot of fun. And from there, uh, we developed a, a blog uh, called On Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness on my website, robertmanny.com, where similar to the main character in the book, I have been blogging about all types of issues relating to when men and women can be at their best, every win, everyone wins. So I take on relationships. I take on health, wellness, aging, uh, sports pop culture, a lot of stuff. So we've done, oh my goodness, we're just around 300 blog posts over the last couple of years. And we just got picked up by the Good Men Project. And we're going to be weekly uh, columnists there and uh, looking forward to that. So we just started submitting. We've got a couple of posts on there already, and that should be a good partnership. And we've got lots more happening uh, in the pipeline that I'm not going to get into right now, but we've got a lot of things happening. You can catch me robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I. You can catch me on Guys Guys Radio every week. This is our 258th podcast. Um, we're on Blog Talk Radio. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn Radio. If you want to support us and help us out, please get onto iTunes and just rate, review, and subscribe. It means a lot. It pushes us up the rankings. Myself and my trusty producer, Ryan Gilpatrick, we're kind of bootstrapping this together and uh, all the support we can get, we really appreciate it. So uh, thanks so much for being part of uh, the brand, the growth, the movement. When men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Better men, better world. And that's what we're really all about. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that other types of uh, social media. So let's talk about... We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the Guys Guys universe, and then we're going to uh, uh, announce our Guys Guys or Anti-Guys Guy Guy of the Week. Then we are going to take a very, very short break. We'll bring on our guest, 
and we'll talk for a while. And then afterwards, we will do our weekly feature, which is the Guys, Guys, Guide, where I tackle one specific subject. Usually, it's something I write about in my blog post this uh, this week. We're going to talk about um, it's part three of my poor four part, excuse me, uh, posting series about aging. And this is about um, aging well. And so I've got a couple of tips for longevity on there. So I hope you'll uh, listen up and uh, hopefully you get something out of it. It's all about, you know, being the best guy you can possibly be. People ask, like, what's a guy's guy? It's kind of an updated man's man. It's not a man's man. It's not the old school women in the kitchen, in the bedroom, and guy is just the, you know, the breadwinner and that's it. There's nothing wrong with the, you know, the guy being a breadwinner, but the other stuff, you know, women have not gotten their recognition until recently. They're just starting to get it. They're not getting the respect they deserve with, uh, you know, me, me too. And time's up, uh, you know, they need to be heard and, uh, they're doing a lot of great things. And I always like to say, there's never been a better time to be a guy if you're a guy's guy. So what are some of the aspects of what a guy's guy is all about? Well, a couple of traits, if you will, would be, um, timeless style, casual confidence, unassuming strength, seductive integrity, emotional intelligence, and just being a fun all-around guy, somebody that the guys like to hang out with and someone that the ladies like to hang with. So we can all be guys, guys, uh, fellas. Uh, All we have to do is uh, be a good guy, respect women, respect yourself, always look to grow, always take care of yourself, have a good time, work hard, play hard. It's not that tough. And just be yourself and be authentic. Be, our, be in your truth. As I like to say, be in your truth. So as I was saying, on our show, we've had lots of different types of guests. We've had uh, writers. Uh, we've had metaphysical teachers, healers, channelers, uh, comedians, uh, sports people. And uh, we're going to have our first children's book author this evening. So I'm very excited about that. Let's uh, tap into what's going on out there in a kind of our guys, guy, universe, guys, guys, culture. Then, as I mentioned, we'll uh, we'll announce our guys, guy or anti guys, guy of the week. So what's happening uh, in guys, guy world? Well, we've got the NFL championship round. If you're a football fan and uh, is down to four teams, we had pretty cool games this past Sunday. So it's down to Minnesota at Philadelphia. And then we've got Jacksonville at New England. And it's interesting that three out of the four teams really have quarterbacks that are kind of questionable, if you will. Philadelphia, he's a backup. Case Keenum is like third string on Minnesota. And um, Blake, uh, Blake Bortles on, Jaguar, on the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars, he's been like kind of the punching bag of the NFL. Uh, he does not get a lot of respect. But he had a good game last week. And the, the, the Jacksonville, for the second time this season, they went up to Pittsburgh and they kicked butt on the Steelers. They scored 45 points. So you got to give them some credit there. And they're going into New England where you've got Tom Brady, Bill Belichick and company. And it's, uh, it's going to be a showdown. I don't think the Patriots are really looking all that forward to playing Jacksonville because they have a strong defense up the middle. They've got a good running back in Leonard Fournette, and um, I think their Achilles might be Bortles at quarterback and the wide receivers. I don't know if they're battle-tested enough. I suspect that New England will put the clamps on Fournette and make Bortles try to beat them. Uh, I'm I'm not sure who's going to win that one. I am going to say New England just because they've been there so many times. They're playing at home, and um, I think Bortles versus Brady is a big difference maker there. 
Uh, I think it'll be a good game, though. And then uh, we've got on the other side, we've got Minnesota at Philadelphia. Uh, I am going to take the Vikings because I think just overall they're a more balanced team. They've got a very good defense, and they have a pretty good offense. They've got their second-string running back, second-string, third-string quarterback, but um, they're pretty solid on the line, and uh, they've got some decent receivers. They've got a good tight end. They've got a smart head coach. So I'm going to go with the Vikings against New England in the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. What else? Um, our president had his physical this week. Interestingly enough, he, he it was announced that he came in at 200. I had a big discussion with one of my friends about this, uh, and he's a big Trump supporter. And he was like, "Oh, isn't he in such great condition?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, if you know, he says he's 239 pounds, a six foot three. Uh, well, he's actually six foot two. But he says now he says he's six foot three. I guess you grow when you're in your 70s. But, you know, Tom Brady is six, four and 225. If Donald Trump is 239, uh, I'm a monkey's uncle, if you will, because uh, there's there is no way. Um, so it's interesting that 240 would um, define him as obese. And uh, so it's just I find it convenient that he he didn't he got right under that. And also on uh, his, uh, I think, sugar levels. And cholesterol also, I think his number was like one decimal point away from being uh, either diabetic or pre-diabetic, but uh, not good. He doesn't get much exercise except for riding around the golf cart and uh, he eats fast food. So uh, the bigger questions people have about him is the whole mental fitness thing. But, you know, Trump supporters, they're like, he's great. It's a, he's, look, at, look at Howard Taft. He, he weighed 350 pounds. Well, I, my reply to that was, if you want to compare him to Howard Taft, okay, yes, he's, he weighs less than Howard Taft, but is that the benchmark we want to use? We want this guy in good shape. It's a different world now, and it's a lot of stress. So hopefully um, he can handle it. Um, we'll see what happens in terms of the policies and going forward. It looks like the government is at the point where we might have another one of those shutdowns. Now, if uh, some things will not be happening, if there's a government shutdowns and some things will be happening, if you collect Social Security, you'll get your check. If you're in the military, I'm not sure exactly uh, if you're getting paid or not, um, but uh, it's not a good thing to shut down the government. So they're trying feverishly to work something out between the Republicans and the Democrats. I suspect that they will, as they usually do, because we've got so many problems and so many people are anti Washington now that uh, this would just be one more, uh, I don't want to say nail in the coffin in terms of people's opinions, but I think it would really help cement the fact that a lot of people have a problem with going with the gridlock that we have in Washington. Um, what else? Uh, okay. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Me Too and Time's Up, and that's going to take us to our guys guy, or in this case, an anti-guys guys of, of the week. Last week, I talked about... Um, James Franco and uh, some of the issues he's had. And I um, really want to call out men on this because now I actually, this is one uh, Hollywood guy, Aziz Ansari. He wrote the book, Modern Romance, and he's an actor comedian. And now uh, he wore a Times, uh, Times Up pin at the Golden Globes. And uh, uh, somebody who dated him, a woman who dated him, kind of called him out when she saw the pin. And she has said that he... Uh, was like the worst date she's ever had. She felt she was at his place. She felt very pressured to have sex. Uh, then when he said, okay, you know, kind of no sex, uh, he kind of pointed at uh, old Mr. Happy down there and wanted a little uh, 
loving there, a little oral loving, and she uh, complied. And then afterwards, she felt terrible about it. And um, she just felt like she was pressured into it. And um, so there's been a lot of discussion about that, where, uh, you know, even some women have come out and say, well, you know, girly, you got to you got to you got to say no, you got to handle yourself, you got to just get up and leave. And then there's others that say, you know what, this is the typical predatory behavior that a lot of guys pull when they're in a position of power and people are afraid to say no to them. So I understand both sides of that. I am going to call bullshit on uh, Aziz Ansari, though, because, um, you know what, if uh, you have you're out on a date and the woman's uncomfortable and she really is giving you all the signals that she doesn't want to pull around that night, then don't. If she likes you and you like her and you have something going, you, you do it again. You go out some other time, but you don't want to take advantage of people. You don't want to take advantage of women, guys. And um, you can't use your penis to do your thinking for you. At a certain point, you have to step up and say, hey, I'm a man. I got to respect women. And the guys who do that and the guys who are in positions of power, they're going to get all the dates they want anyhow. If they have money, power and celebrity, you don't have to push the envelope. You should be able to get dates and you should be able to get laid, period. So I am going to say, hey, and I don't care what other people in the press and the media are saying about they're coming to his defense and saying women are going overboard already. I say bullshit. I say nonsense. I say Aziz Ansari, you are the anti-guys guys guy of the week because you did not pay attention to the signals and what this woman was telling you. And you just kept pressing and you got what you wanted and uh, she wasn't very happy about that. Was she was her behavior uh, perfect? No, uh, she shouldn't have done it. But uh, you know what? If you're a guy and you see the woman's uncomfortable, don't push the envelope. Give her a break. If she's uncomfortable, you don't want to take it that way. It's just it's just I, I don't go for that. And I, that's not guys, guys behavior. So Aziz and sorry, you are the anti guys, guys, guy of the week. Okay, with that in mind, uh, it is 714. We're going to take a very quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to bring out our special guest, Brent Feinberg. Okay, we're back. Here we are on Guys Guys Radio. As I mentioned, we've got a special guest this evening. Uh, Brent Feinberg, he uh, wrote this book called The Finding Freddy, the Dreamweaver series. Uh, It's a masterfully written book in a style that helps children as well as their caregivers, give insight into their own lives through a charismatic, magical story that's filled with important life lessons and tools to help them be part of a loving world in which to create the lives of their dreams. The, the uh, book is for uh, kids four, it says ages four to ten. My son is four and a half. He reads and he actually writes, and now he's like, I want to write my own story. I'm like, wow, <laughs> slow down, son. <laughs> but, uh, He's actually doing fantastic, but I read him this book a few times and he's also used the activity book and played with the stickers and stuff. And uh, he had a good time with it. And some of the concepts are, you know, they're a little bit past four year old, but um, there's a lot of love in what's in this, these, this book and uh, in the series and also in the activity book. So I'm really uh, happy to take a step and expand the club here on guys, guys radio and welcome in children's book author, Brent, Feinberg. Good evening, Brent. How are you? Hey, Robert. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. How are you doing? Great. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, yourself and uh, what was the inspiration for the book? I know you're from South Africa. You kind of uh, live there and live here and go back and forth. Uh, 
tell us about yourself a little bit and then about how, what uh, was the spark to uh, develop this series. Yes, uh, I'm from South Africa, and I always dreamed of writing a book. I did originally think it would be a lot longer with a lot less pictures, illustrations. Um, and my vision was to just share a lot of the wisdom and experience I've gained in my life and put it in a very simplistic way that adults can understand and children can understand. And that is exactly what Freeing Freddy the Dreamweaver does. It, it takes many of the incredible things that I've learned and implemented into my own life, life and helped clients to implement into their lives. And it gives these tools to children, teenagers, and adults in a very easy-to-use way. What inspired the story was my mom runs a big organization in South Africa that does education for orphans and vulnerable children. And I was working a lot with the at-risk students um, to help them relieve stress in their lives so that they can focus on their studies. And I wanted to write a book, a story that would both be able to assist them in their lives as well as raise funding and awareness for the foundation, which is called the Tomorrow Trust. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic, uh, and uh, congratulations to you. I think you did good work here. Um, the story takes place in a rainforest, basically. And uh, do you have any? Is there anything about Freddie in the rainforest that uh, kind of mirrors some of your own personal experiences and your life? Yes. So I have a huge affinity, a huge love for nature, for the natural world, for for trees, and the incredible connection that people, as we all experience when we immerse in nature the inner peace it brings us and the way it, it nature is what supports our life it gives us air to breathe and food to eat and i think it's it's super important to take care of our natural world of our environment so i wanted to bring that undertone through in the story Tell us a little bit about uh, your, uh, you know, as a writer, I, you know, I have a, I have a book out myself. Your, the writing process for you, uh, how did you come up with the uh, concept? Uh, when did you do the work? Um, I know your uh, mom works for the trust. You have a terrific uh, illustrator um, who worked with you on this. Um, I'm sorry, what the illustrator's name is? Daniel Clark. Yeah, he did an yes. incredible job. Fantastic job there. Um, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. So tell us a little bit about how you did the work. And uh... so I was off in Bali as becoming a yoga teacher at the time, and I thought, right, I'm going to write a children's book to raise awareness and funding for the foundation. And I wanted people to overcome fear through the story. I noticed working with clients in my private practice, as well as with the actress students that the biggest thing holding people or people from an affluent background or a background that had poverty involved um, was fear. Fear was the common denominator stopping people mm-hmm. from progressing um, in their lives. So that was one of the, the initial thoughts. And then the spider came to mind um, and how you have a small little spider and a grown man sees it and flies across a room. Exactly. And 
I don't know anyone who's been to the emergency for a spider. I know spiders are poisonous, but I've, I've never come across anyone that's had a life-threatening experience with a spider. So this got me thinking about the irrationality of fear and much of the philosophy I've learned over the last uh, 10, 15 years of my life has been about uh, letting go of fear, um, how fear is an illusion. How did you uh, let go of fear? Um, so personally, there's been, there have been three things in my life that, that have helped me overcome fears. The, the first one was, first of all, you have to know what your fear is. You have to be able to pinpoint it and say, that's what my fear is. And often I give the example, um, I was incredibly nervous to stand up and speak in public, and I was actually on the yoga teacher training, and it was my mm-hmm. turn to get up and teach the 60 people in the class. And I felt the butterflies, the energy emotion, energy in motion, the emotion, that feeling moving in my stomach. And after I got up, I spoke, the feeling was gone. That energy had moved and shifted. And I thought, right, if ever I feel that anxiety, that fear, I just got to push through the boundary and then I'm free of it. It no longer exists. So that's the one way you've got to step through the boundary of your fear, Mm -hmm. the boundary of your anxiety, and then it no longer exists as well as the more often you do that, it becomes easier and easier. Um, the, the second thing that has really helped me let go of fear in my life has been a practice of meditation, daily practice of meditation, because that draws you in to your, to your true self. And when you go within and you find inner peace in all life situations, and how can there be fear? Because you have love for yourself, peace, and this amazing ability to let go of emotion and stress um, very easily every day. And the third way I have of letting go of fear is specific visualizations and different techniques um, that, that I actually use in workshops in universities and corporates and, with, and in schools that I teach people how to how to use the power of their mind to let go of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very uh, well said. Um, yeah, meditation, a lot of people, uh, I believe in it strongly also, and a lot of people get uh, thrown a little bit of a curveball. They think, ooh, meditation, you just like zoning out, and that's it. But it's much more powerful than that um, in terms of uh, uh, connecting yourself, aligning yourself to your truth, as you, as you kind of uh, uh, said. And uh, it, 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 the more you do it as a daily practice, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to sit down there for a half hour necessarily, um, but um, if you just put in some time every day, uh, it kind of builds up your, I think it helps build your brain processors so you uh, actually become more clear thinking, more in touch with yourself, more in touch with your higher self, and more open to get uh, information from uh, if you're open to it to your guides or angels or the spirit or whatever um, it's just a very very helpful practice um, do you find that some uh, do you find that the kids are meditating nowadays uh, yes it's becoming more and more popular um, I practice transcendental meditation and children can learn um, as young as 10 years old 
and it's the most phenomenal technique. It's transformed my life, and um, everyone I know that practices it has the most incredible results. And like you said, what it does, there's so much research around it. It integrates the left and right hemispheres of the brain. Mm-hmm. It it actually grows, and the function of the prefrontal cortex, um, the the part of the brain that's um, responsible for moral reasoning. So it it actually creates more compassionate, more loving people. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. And in today's uh, divisive kind of culture that we have, where you're on this side, or you're on that side, uh, we need more and more of that. Uh, it's just amazing. I don't know, uh, you know, if we could just uh, take a little bit of a left turn for a moment. Uh, do you do you go back and forth between South Africa and uh, the U.S.? So I was living in South Africa um, full-time up until recently. I've relocated. I'm based out of Atlanta. Okay. For- so do you, what would be, you know, on uh, first blush, if you will, what, uh, what was the first thing you noticed in terms of the big difference between the States and South Africa? Well, um, the, I think the big thing is, is the wealth, the size of the economy and um, the, the poverty in South Africa is so much more vast than America has. And just like things like the unemployment rate in South Africa is over 55%. Wow. Yeah, yeah, unemployment's currently sitting at like 3%, I think. Uh, technically, there's a lot of, you know, what if you're American, you, you know, look at that and say, well, there's a lot of people who are not looking for jobs right now. They've kind of thrown up their hands or given up. And then you've got a lot of people who are trying to scrape by with, uh, with these uh, part-time jobs. So the number is a little bit deceiving, the 3%. And if you go outside during the day and you see everybody walking around and you go to a park or something and it's filled up, there's a lot, you know, I would say the numbers more like 20% um, in terms of uh, able-bodied adults who aren't working. I don't think it's 3%. Haven't, haven't lived here my entire life and worked here my entire life and been in, been in stage, had stages of working and also not working. I'm like, there's a lot of people not working or not working full time or not yeah. working in jobs where they can really support themselves or their families. But uh, which part of South Africa are you from? Uh, I grew up in Johannesburg, and then I was living in Cape Town more recently. Okay, great, great. So uh, let's get back to the book then. Um, the lessons in the book, um, uh, I think, you know, when you go from a four-year-old to a 10-year-old, it's like two very different beings. And I think you did a nice job of kind of weaving a uh, path that uh, the little guys can get something out of it. And uh, the older kids can get something a little deeper out of it. Was that your uh, intention? Yes, definitely. Uh, I I wrote the story in layers, in parables, so that anyone can gain um, some wisdom from it, whether you're five years old or you're an adult. Um, And we use the books as a tool to workshop teenagers and adults as well. Mm Um, I think there are four big main points from the story that okay. that we can learn from, and the one is is fear, um, what to do with it, how to overcome it, and moving into intention. What is an intention? How to live your life 
with focus and purpose? And then how to view challenges in life? Um, can you see the most difficult times in your life from a positive perspective and draw on them to, to learn lessons, to make you a more compassionate person, to make you stronger, more resilient, and able to endure life's difficult times. And then if you can do that, using all these things to help you create the dreams in your life and connect with your own inner passion and purpose. So those are the four main lessons that I wanted to Mm -hmm. bring across in the story. Okay, I think you did a good job. You also have in there the, you, you call it we are, which you could also be like, I guess I am. I guess I'm assuming that's what, where you're going with that. Um, kind of. Um, we are is more, more about unity consciousness. We are all one. We are right. connected as one world, one environment. Um, it's more about unity consciousness, um, okay. which essentially I am is too, because everyone is part of the one indivisible I am self. Now tell, tell us, uh, because uh, the, the book goes along with, there's a story, they're in the rainforest, it's uh, Freddy, the young boy, and then he meets a spider that kind of scares him, and then uh, he starts to learn some things from the spider, once the spider lets him know that there's nothing to be afraid of. And then uh, the spider gives him, uh, they kind of go up a, towards a mountain, which I assume that each level that they're going up is uh, their higher cells are learning there uh correct me if i'm wrong and then he tells them a parable about a uh, lotus flower where why was uh that 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 dropped in there towards the second half of the book so the story of the lotus flower is brady's really struggling up this deep mountain and mr cotton the spider is going up easily and you can see freddy's taking strain he's taking Mm -hmm. a lot of challenge on and he tells him the story of the lotus flower how the lotus flower drops a seed to the bottom of the pond when it comes to the end of its cycle in life and the seed has the intention to grow into this beautiful lotus flower again but it's underneath layers of thick mud and water and mr cotton teaches freddie how we are like the seed it's through the thick mud and challenges that we become softened and strengthened, that we learn and grow until finally we can blossom into this beautiful lotus flower. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the book, I guess, is uh, I've noticed on, uh, I think one, maybe on your Facebook page or whatever you had, I was going to ask you about education because uh, the way we educate our kids uh, is very similar to the way kids were educated you know, in the industrial times. And uh, it's not working anymore. So uh, I think books like your book do go a long way in terms of uh, teaching uh, kids how to think and uh, connect with uh, consciousness, if you will. Talk to us a little bit about um, any thoughts you have about that and uh, the educational system and uh, you find things are lacking and how you want to create things that uh, take a different path, if you will, to knowledge. Yes, I think for me, the biggest thing in the schooling system is it's all about the individual. They, everything's about your marks and the pressure to succeed as, as one person. And that's not how society is. We are community. Um, if I succeed in the world, if I create my dreams that come from a pure place within me, it benefits everyone around me. And I would love to see it's like learning um, and schooling 
teach kids that compassion is really important. Life is all about relationships. If you're going to be ha- want to be happy in your life, you've got to have good relationships with family, with friends, with coworkers. It's all about integrity. And I think that's what, as you discussed before, about being a guy's guy and being a, a productive member of society is all about. And if we don't teach our kids these things in school and teach them how to interact as a team, um, I don't, I'm not sure where they're supposed to learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got Freeing Freddy, the Dreamweaver story, and you've got the Dreamweaver activity book that's got the stickers in there. So talk to us a little bit about that and then also about you've got a workbook too. So tell us how they, uh, these three pieces kind of work in tandem. Yeah, so we found that people just really loved the story of Freeing Freddy the Dreamweaver and we wanted to really ground home and integrate the lessons. So there's an activity book and that's for younger children ages 4 to 10 and that has fun stickers, it's really interactive, it has different activities that open a conversation between parents and children, teachers and children for them to better understand the children, um, to discuss things like fear to 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 make it as if it's normal so children don't feel ashamed that they are frightened. Um, there are different activities to discuss emotions and how to and love and gratitude, things that you need in order to create mm-hmm. your dreams. And then the workbook is for teenagers and adults. And the workbook is a really powerful tool and that's all about how to see your fears, analyze them. How do you turn your fears into a positive? So all about positive affirmation. And then the workbook has incredible visualizations. So using that imagery, the power of the mind to, to activate these, these thoughts into your life and then put it into an action plan. I think you did a fantastic job. Um, Tell our audience a little bit about um, where they can find the book where they can learn more social media-wise uh, stuff about you and your work and uh, tell us what's coming up next and um, if you have any plans to extend your brand into uh, you know, television or digital media or whatever. Yes, great. Thank you, Robert. Um, so people can find the book Freeing Freddy the Dreamweaver on Amazon and they can, if they walk into any bookstore, I'm sure the bookstore can order it for them. Um, on social media, it, on Instagram, we are with Love from Freddie, and as well as on Facebook, and Freddie is with an I E at the end. Mm-hmm. Future plans: There's another book coming out. It's already going to print for South Africa. Uh, Great, beautifully illustrated again by Daniel Clark, with new lessons, new teachings, and it will come with an activity book and a workbook. And yes, I would love to see see the book as a feature film, and that's part of my dream for it. Well, uh, you got the first step. You got the book. You got three books out there. You got another one on the way. You're you're well on your way to establishing a franchise, and it's uh, you know, it's not easy, but it can be done, and you're you're proving it. So I give you all the credit in the world for this for the hard work. And children's books are tricky. Um, I I've read so many children's book to my son he's four and uh you know some of them are just amazingly well done and some of them are like ah really but the good ones are really good and i think you've got something special here brent so 
Um, I want to thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio. Great job and a nice job with the book. And again, your illustrator is fantastic. And uh, if you want to say anything about tomorrow's trust uh, before we uh, say goodbye, please do. Great. Thank you so much, Robert. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Tomorrow Trust is a wonderful organization and they're always looking for support. So if you'd like to learn more about that, it's www.tomorrow.org.za org.za and uh, wonderful to speak with you and connect with you this evening. Okay, my pleasure, Brent. All the best to you and good luck and keep keep doing the good work. You too, Robert. Have a wonderful right. night. Cheers. You too. Okay, uh, folks, that was our special guest, Brent Feinberg. The book is Freeing Freddy the Dreamweaver, and he's got all that other content that goes with it. So uh, check it out, especially if you have kids. I have a four-year-old, and he had a lot of fun with the book and the activity book. So we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do my weekly feature, The Guy's Guy's Guide, and then uh, we'll talk about next week's show, and then we'll say, hey, adios. So uh, hang on. Okay, back here on Guys Guys Radio, Robert Manny, your Guys Guy and host of the show, uh, podcast number 258. I'm going to talk about um, my most recent blog post, which is called The Updated Guys Guys Guide to Aging, which part three, Tips for Longevity. I've been thinking about this because uh, I was reading an article the other day, and for the first time, the average lifespan in America uh, has gone down. It's shocking with all our technology and well, our resources that uh, people here are living a little bit less longer than they have been. And it's interesting based on our president's recent comments, kind of trashing some other countries around the world that um, we have some struggles here. And uh, so I wanted to talk about some tips that I have learned along the way um, in terms of how to keep myself going. Um, so number one is uh, hydration. You know, most people, old people are basically dehydrated and most people die either dehydrated or of dehydration, regardless if they have other diseases or whatever. It's a lack of hydration. You see older people and they're kind of wrinkled up and they're a lot of times hunched over and they get a lot smaller. It's hydration. If you see a fully hydrated senior citizen, they're going to look fantastic. They're not going to have as many wrinkles. They're going to be more active. And I see it even with my folks, trying to get them to drink some water. This hydrates themselves. They just did not grow up in a time frame when people were drinking water all the time. And uh, I guess when you're older also, you think, oh, no, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom all the time. And then people have some issues with that. But you've got to hydrate yourself. I find that I am hydrating myself more now than ever. And the more I hydrate myself, the thirstier I am, which is basically my body saying, yes, I need this. Give me more. So actually, I get up in the morning, I do some swishing with uh, organic coconut oil, and then after that, I uh, gargle a little bit with salt water, and then I have a huge glass of uh, either water with uh, fresh-squeezed organic lemon in it, or a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, or a uh, small uh, portion of uh, pascalite clay, uh, which is similar to benzenite clay, and basically mixed with water, and um, any one of those things, or just a glass of water at room temperature, will help uh, kind of wake your organs up, get things going. And I find it keeps me regular in a good way, and it makes me feel fantastic. I also take uh, some products that uh, help um, keep you more hydrated with uh, negative hydrogen ions. 
Uh, Dr. Flanagan's got some omega hydrate tablets that I take. May may not be for everybody, but also we uh, in my household we also have some drops that helps uh, alkaline alkalize the water um, because um, your body system we're kind of caught between being alkaline and acidic, and you kind of want to be around 7.5 as your number. And you can get these little strips and test your urine that way. But anyhow, hydration is huge. And, um, but you can keep doing, you can keep living the life you're living. If you hydrate yourself a lot more than you would think you can. Um, I also use a zero brand water filter. You can do your research and find what works best for you, but basically it takes a lot of the garbage out of the water. Um, if you, you know, if you have tap water and people like, Oh, New York city tap water is so great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe, (laughs) Do your research. That's all I got to say. Um, the next thing is to uh, kind of claim your health. Um, you have to be able to uh, realize that you are in charge of your body. So when I say claim your health, you have to realize that when we live in a Western society, in Western society, there's a lot of technological advances in medicine, and it's very reactive, though. Something goes wrong, we either cut it out or we give you drugs to suppress it. Um, they, the technology, I had two robotic surgeries, unbelievable job, unbelievable surgeon. But when I asked how, how did this happen? I was told it's sporadic. And I said to myself, I, I don't believe things are sporadic. There's cause and effect. So I went through, through one of my guests, I went through, uh, I got connected to a place that does the Ayurvedic protocol, which they do a little pinprick on your uh, pinky and they test your blood for all kinds of things, uh, in terms of toxicities, uh, predispositions to different diseases, um, heavy metals, um, pathogens, etc., and um, decided like I'm going to clean up my internal and my uh, uh, my etheric body's environment. So I will not be um, a feeding farm, if you will, for disease. And I think uh, the way things are, we have to take charge of our our bodies, and uh, if we do. We can live a long time. Um, so I feel fantastic. I'm uh, probably in better shape than I was before I had my surgeries three years ago. And uh, I just keep on keeping on. The next thing that's important uh, for longevity, feed your mind. Um, 80% of families in the United States did not buy or read a book during the last year. 42% of college grads have never read a book after college. 70% of American adults have not been in a bookstore the past five years, these are all according to the Jenkins Group research. People, you know, they love TV, their computer devices, and you see people walking down the street just transfixed by their phones. When we watch TV, we do a lot of binge watching. There's a lot of quick cuts. It's, uh, there's some, a lot of mind-numbing ads on there. I say read books. Whenever you can, read a book. It's going to make a big difference in terms of uh, uh, helping um, nurture and expand the capacity of your brain processors. So read. A lot of times, you, you know, we're on the computer, we're reading, but it's a little bit different than sitting down and reading a complete book. I would strongly suggest if you're not reading a book, find one based on a passion you may have and read it. And then you'll, over time, you will get hooked on reading books. I've been doing it my entire life and I would never do it a different way. Um, just reading a book now, Dan Millman, who wrote The Peaceful Warrior, he's got a book called uh, Everyday Enlightenment, a uh, 12-step path to that. And it's I've learned so much. And I also, I'm lucky enough to learn so much from my guests on Guys Guys Radio. So uh, do what you can to feed your mind. 
also feed your body. I've written a lot in my blog posts about uh, what to eat and what not to eat. But basically, just use your head. The, you, you, anything that's in a can or in a box is probably not going to be all that great for you. Um, you want to eat fresh, raw foods as, as much as possible. You want to avoid sugar and hidden sugars as much as possible. And also, uh, you know, in my opinion, I'm not sure meat is all that good for you. Uh, one of the best things I've done is uh, I gave up meat 10 years ago. I'm, I've never looked back. Um, the average American, I just saw a study that said we eat 212 pounds of meat per year. So that means for me, I haven't eaten meat in 10 years. That's two, two thousand, over 2,000 pounds of meat have not had to work its way through my internal organs and system. And I think I'm a lot better off with a plant, more plant-focused diet. I'd still eat fish, but uh, that's going to go away at some point also. So uh, take care of your body in terms of GMOs and organic. Listen, if you don't, uh, if you, if, if the product does not say non-GMO, it means it has GMOs. It's as simple as that. If the product does not say organic, it means it's not organic. And that means you're taking a risk with uh, pesticides and uh, uh, Roundup and a lot of other stuff that's uh, used on crops. So just be careful and make your own decisions. Bon appetit, amigo. Um, next thing is get outside. Um, it's been proven that um, grounding is very important for human health. Just getting your feet outside on the, in the earth. The sky has, I think, a negative charge and the ground has a positive charge or may, might be might be vice versa, but that's a way to ground yourself. So simple as that. Nature helps ground you. Um, studies have shown that earthing or grounding, if you will, improves blood viscosity, heart rate variability, uh, reduces inflammation, it helps us sleep, and reduces the effects of stress. Um, there's a lot of websites you can read about um, online, uh, obviously, that uh, have lots of information about grounding and uh, the benefits of uh, getting fresh air and being in nature. Uh, actually, the sky is positively charged and the earth has a negative charge. So it, bottom line is you can get grounded when you walk around outside. As simple as that. And it seems like, or if anything else, when you get back to basics and some of the simple solutions are the solutions that work. Last but not least, exercise. Um, you got to do cardio. I know our president he was kind of dinged in his physical because he doesn't work out. He sits in the golf cart and uh, that's about it. It's not a recipe for long life, uh, for longevity. You've got to get out there and it, at the bare minimum, if you can walk, if you, if you're in good shape, you know, if there's nothing wrong with your joints or whatever, do some cardio, do some yoga, run, swim, play golf. If you walk the course, there's nothing wrong with that. Tennis, softball, sailing, even fishing. If you do, you know, surf casting, whatever, or if you go out on a party boat, you got to work pretty hard to bring some bluefish in. I know that. Um, I'm a runner. I still run the same time and the same distance as I did 10, 15, 20 years ago. So it can be done. What you've got to do as you age though, is to learn how to pace yourself. Listen to your body. If I get up and I'm, my body says, you got to take a rest today. I take a rest. Simple as that. So there's nothing wrong with rest. There's nothing wrong. You don't have to. It's that no pain, no gain thing. Don't worry about that. That's for when you're in the 20s. When you get past that, your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, you got to listen. It's like the, you know, being a crafty pitcher like CeCe Sabathia on the Yankees. Great power pitcher. 
six foot seven, threw the hard ball, fastball. Then he had a couple of bad years because he wasn't adapting. The last year, last year, I think the year before he actually was pretty decent also. He became more of a pitcher instead of a thrower. And I think that's what we all have to do. As we get a little older, we get a little smarter. You got to have that ring savvy. You got to be smart. You got to know how to move. You got to know how to pace yourself and protect your body. But also get that exercise in. That's one of the best ways of protecting it. And uh, free weights is pretty good. Uh, You don't have to go crazy with it, but it does help with your bone density. So anyhow, those are some of my tips for uh, longevity. You got to do what's right for you, though. Some people don't like to run. Some people don't like to lift weights. The point is do something to, to be mindful of your health. Do something. Take care of yourself. Your physical body, you know, you get one shot at it. So if you're totally going to trash yourself, you ain't going to be around that long. So anyhow, that's my uh, guys, guys guide of the week um, about longevity. So next week we've got uh, a spiritual author. Uh, Jenny Nadler is going to be with us. I am working with her on the exact date. It's looking like next Thursday, the 25th right now, but we shall see. And then we've got a lot of guests lined up. We're lined up with guests right into June. So, and we're going to be more, we're going to be starting pretty soon. We're going to start doing a, uh, either a Sunday or a Monday night uh, podcast also. So we're, we're on a mission here, folks, for when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. We're going to grow this guy's guy's brand. And we thank you for being with me uh, along the way as I'm having so much fun with this and I'm very, very appreciative of your support. So thanks a lot. Please, if you get a chance, rate, review, and subscribe to Guys Guys Radio on iTunes. And remember, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.